Good morning, church. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. I want to share a scripture with you uh, as we begin this morning and just, just pray as we start the service today. You know, in Psalm 22, 3, it says uh, that you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. And other translations talk about that being that God inhabits the praises of his people. God dwells. He loves to be in the house with praise uh, going on in this place. So I want to encourage you this morning just to praise the Lord with all that you have and with all that you are. Can we do that?
it says that Jesus Christ is the same what? Say this with me. Yesterday, today, and forever. Our God is the same God. The miracles he has worked in the past, he can do right now in this place. And in faith, we are standing believing in that. Amen? Amen. Let's keep praising him. Worship
some praise church this morning he is a great god amen 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 hey turn and say hi to somebody beside you this morning before you sit down We're so excited to be gathered together with you this morning. Um, I just have a, my name is Nate Vance. I'm the college and young adult minister here at Anastasia. And I'm just so happy that all of you chose to come and, and worship in the house of the Lord this morning. I just have a few announcements for you this morning. So first and foremost, if you're new here, well, we would love to connect with you. And so on the screen, there's a QR code that if you scan it and you click the link, it will take you to a plethora of different options that will show you how to connect uh, here at Anastasia. And the other way that you can do this is by texting the word CONNECT to 904-441-6900. And if you came here this morning or wondering why there are so many tables in the atrium, it's Say Yes Weekend. And it's a wonderful ministry that we have here at the church where we invite all of you guys to be part of what we're doing here, what God's doing at Anastasia Church. So please, as you leave, as you head out, look at these tables and see where God is calling you to say yes this weekend. 
And we also have two more announcements is on February 25th, on Sunday, February 25th, it will be child dedication. And so come out to celebrate these kids, but also if you would like to register your child to be dedicated, you can go to AnastasiaKids.com and register there. And finally, on Sunday, February 25th, we will be having a congregation meeting at 4 p.m., which is a way for all of you to, to be part of the decision-making uh, of Anastasia and to see what we're doing in the life of our church. And, and now I'm gonna pass it over to, to Pastor Sam. Good morning, church. We have a, just a special time of recognition, and I'm gonna ask Tamara to, to talk a little bit more about that this morning. It's my honor this morning to bring attention to Becky Yeoman. Um, Becky has been a part of this church since birth. She has been on staff for 20 plus years and this is her church home. And God has called her to a new ministry. And so we want to recognize her today and thank her for her years of dedication and commitment and passion um, to the families and the children of our church. She will be the new family service counselor at St. John's Funeral Home. Um, where she will be great because she has a heart for ministry and a heart for people. Becky, there are not words to tell you how much I personally love and appreciate you. It has been a pleasure to do ministry with you. Um, we will not know this side of heaven, the number of young hearts that were touched and seeds were planted because of you and families also. And we just wish the best for you. She's not leaving, this is her church. She will still be here as a volunteer but we want to recognize all of the behind the scenes things that you have done. We love you. And we're so appreciative of you and just your ministry and um, just believing that God is gonna use you in a mighty way in this next step in this next journey. But as Tamara said, Becky's been a pillar here at Anastasia. And her legacy and her testimony are gonna continue on here in this church family. So we just wanna take a moment. We just wanna lift Becky up. So if you will, we just reach out your hands and we're gonna pray over uh, Becky this morning. Lord Jesus, we just thank you so much for Becky. We thank you for her example, for her ministry to children and families at Anastasia for 23 years, Lord. God, the impact that she has made in so many lives God is, is just amazing. And so Father, we're so grateful for you sending Becky here. Lord, as her legacy and her testimony live on, may you continue to speak of your faithfulness through Becky's ministry and time here, Lord. And we're just praying for the next step of faith that she's taking, Lord, that you will be with her, that you will guide her and you will direct her. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, can we give Becky one more round of applause and thank you for her ministry. And before we continue into a, a more of hearing the word of God, I just want to thank you all for your generosity and, and all that you, you do to make it possible for us to have these 22 ministries. Um, so we would love if you would uh, partner with us. With, if that's time, if that's uh, resources, we just want to thank you for all that you do and, and all that you continue to, to pour into to our church. And so I'm going to pray over the offering and then we'll continue into the word. Father God, I come to you this morning, Lord, and I just want to lift you up, lift your name up, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for, for all that you do through us and, and with us, Lord. Pray blessing upon the, the generosity this morning, Lord. I pray that it would go to your kingdom and to what you're gonna do. Speak through Pastor Walter this morning. That's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Oh, sorry. Amen. Good morning, church. 
Hey, it's a special weekend. It's Say Yes Weekend. It's all about us giving God our best yes. And I believe that when we give God our best yes and saying yes to serving him, God does some amazing things in and through us. Amen? And so just to highlight what I think this morning is about, uh, I, I wanna share with you just a story uh, that, I, that, I, that happened here within our church. About, about a year ago, I got an email from some leaders within our deaf ministry. And they were excited. They felt God's calling on them to start a life group here at Anastasia. And as they were praying about it and they were thinking about it, uh, they said yes, and they started a life group. And at, at the beginning, there was just a handful of them meeting, but they stayed faithful under uh, Tina Jones and Maggie Burnett, their, their leadership as they stepped out in faith for our deaf ministry. They started this life group, and it's been just over a year's time. And can I tell you, over the last few weeks, what started out as a handful God has multiplied and that they are seeing on average more than 25 people gather weekly for their life group, amen? For our deaf ministry, for our ASL interpreters, I just wanna say amen and amen for what God is doing, amen? Come on church, that's amazing. That's what this weekend is about. We believe that when we step out in faith and when we trust Jesus and we say yes to his calling on our life, that we get to see him do things only he can do. We get to see him do blessing and, and, and give out his blessing in a mighty way. And so I, I want us to talk a little bit this morning about being available to be used by God. And it's fitting as we continue in our book in Titus and we're going through the book of Titus, this is a common theme that we see in the book of Titus. Paul wants to remind the church that you have a purpose, that you have a purpose, and your purpose is to glorify God in everything that you do by being used for his work and his purpose. But what often keeps us from that purpose is our doubts. What keeps us from being used by God is the question that I think many of us struggle with. Is it possible for God to work through me? And, and I think even as we came into church this morning, many of us are wrestling with that question. Can God work through me? Can God use me? Because some of us feel like our past, the mistakes that we've made, maybe the sins in our past are keeping us from being used by God. Maybe our fears, God, I, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to do it. I, I, I don't know how you could use me. Our fears are keeping us from being used by God. Whatever the case, I think we often struggle with the question, if God can work through me. And again, I, I believe that this morning, many of you are struggling with this very idea here. And Paul talked to the church in Crete as he was ministering and encouraging Titus, and many of them were struggling with the same very thing. And so I want us to turn to the word this morning and, and see what we can understand from the word about that question, if God can work through me. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Titus chapter 3. We're going to be reading verses 1 through 7, and if you can this morning, I ask you to please stand in the honor of the reading of God's word. Titus chapter 3, verse 1. Remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, 
slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. Verse four, don't miss this. But when the loving, when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. Amen, church? Not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly, on us so that we might taste and see that the Lord is good. So that we might be justified by his grace. We might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. You may be seated this morning. So as we talk about this idea, is it possible for God to work through me? Am I too broken? Is my sin too big? Have I been too disobedient? Is it possible for God to work through me? I think Paul lays out for us four reasons why we should believe that God can work through us. Four reasons I believe that God can work through you. Number one, if you're taking notes this morning. By the way, you can follow the notes on the screen or if you have the Bible app on your phone, you can pull up the notes there. But first thing that Paul says, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. Which means for us, God's goodness gives you grace over your past. Do I believe that God can work through you? Absolutely, because God's goodness gives you grace over your past. Paul essentially says here that we all have a past. He says we all were disobedient. We all had lust in our life. And we chased after the things that were not honoring and pleasing to God. We all have a past that we deal with. But he says in the scripture that this all changed when Jesus showed up. When he stepped foot on this earth and he began to minister and he began to live his life as God sent his only son Jesus to walk this earth and to one day die on the cross, that all changed because of his grace because of his goodness and the kindness revealed to us by Christ in his death on the cross, we can be forgiven. The weight of our past doesn't have a hold on our future in Christ Jesus. The weight of our past does not have a hold on our future in Christ Jesus. If you are in Christ, you have a new future. You have a new eternity. You have a new hope. It's Jesus. You know, it's funny to me that we often think of, of terms that God can't use me because of what I did or what I'm struggling with. But can I tell you something? If you struggle to believe that God can forgive you for what you did or didn't do in your life, what he did on the cross is far bigger than what you did in your past life. Can I tell you that? What he did on the cross is far greater and far bigger bigger than what we did in our past. He says on the, on the cross that it was finished. His death on the cross completed the work of what God had called him to. He died for our sins so that we might be set free. He finished it. You know, oftentimes the, the, the greatest limitation we give God is the limit of us believing that he can use us. We limit God and say, God, you can't use we have no problem believing that God can heal, he can restore, he can forgive. But sometimes we struggle to believe that God can use us. 
Church, we need to start believing that God can use us for his glory. You know, scripture says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8, by the power of God who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages begin. Can I tell you, friends, that we have a holy calling on our life? A holy calling. And the holy calling is this, is to live fully for the glory and honor of Jesus. It's to be used for his glory. Wherever you are, you need to know that you have a holy calling on your life. You know, today, I don't know how many of you know this, but there's a Super Bowl happening today, right? Right? Now, you imagine if at the Super Bowl today, if all the players of both teams, as they got ready to start the game and they did the kickoff, and, and all the players, instead of taking the field, they just sat on the bench. I'm hoping Kansas City does that, but that's uh, regardless. But you can imagine what it would be. These players are paid millions of dollars to play, right? To take the field, to live out what they were called to do and trained to do, right? Can you imagine what it would look like? Church, so many of us are living on the sideline for God. And yet we have a holy calling on our life. Jesus went to the cross so that we might be used for his glories. And we are sitting on the sideline. God has called us to a holy calling. If we struggle to believe that God can use us, can I tell you, God, what he did on the cross is greater than our past. There's grace for us. God paid the ultimate price for us to be a part of what he's doing. We have a holy calling. And our holy calling is not to sit out, but it's to play a, a part in God's kingdom. Second thing that you can write down this morning is I believe that God can work through us because of the regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit within us. Paul says this, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. Paul says that there is a washing, there's a cleansing that is happening in our lives. It's regenerating, it's renewing in our life. Right now, if you are a Christ follower, can I tell you, there is a renewal, a regeneration that is happening in your life right now. I, I believe that as you came in here this morning, that God was working on you through the power of his Holy Spirit. I don't believe the Holy Spirit takes days off, right? I don't believe the Holy Spirit goes on vacation. I believe that every moment of our life, the Holy Spirit is working to regenerate, to renew our lives because we need that in our life. We need the regeneration, the renewing of our life in Christ. We need to refocus our minds on Christ Jesus. You know, I believe that as I got up this morning at 5 a.m., the Spirit of God was working on me and I needed all the help I could get this morning, right? It was hard. I believe that the Spirit of God is working on my heart right now. I believe that when I go to bed tonight, the Spirit of God will be working in my life. I believe tomorrow morning when I wake up at 5 a.m., the Spirit of God is gonna need to work on me more, right? God is not giving up working in and through you and on you. His faithfulness, that's what the scripture is saying, that he is continually working in us so that we might be a part of what God is doing here and now. God is working 
in our life. God never stops working on us to redeem us, to uh, make us more like him. Some of you came in here this morning and you didn't even know that God was working on your heart. But here's the separation for many of us. It's not a question of whether the Holy Spirit is available and and ready to do a work in our lives. It's, It's are we allowing the Spirit to work in us? Are we humble before God? Are we asking him to renew, to restore, regenerate in our lives? Because what often determines the power of what is happening in our life, the renewal, the regeneration, is our willingness to accept God's work in our life. To say, God, I need you today. I need you to work. I need you to restore. I need you to redeem. I need you to heal. I need you to forgive in my life. It's it's funny, a couple months ago, we had um, somebody, we had hired somebody to help us deep clean our house. And so we had hired this person and, and we tried to get the house ready and, and, and we, as they got there, we, we walked through, through our house and we were showing them room to room. Okay, here's, here's the rooms, here's what you need to clean. And then we got to a few rooms and we said, don't go in this room. <laughs> don't go in this room, right? <laughs> because all the clothes that we were supposed to fold or all the toys that were on the floor, we just kind of put everything in that room. The things that we weren't ready to deal with, we put them in that room. And so we told the person that was there to clean our house, don't clean this room. It really doesn't make sense, does it? (laughs) That's how we often treat the Holy Spirit in our life. God, you can work in all these areas in my life, but these ones that are hard, that need the most amount of renewal, regeneration, cleansing, God, you you, kind of keep away from those. But yet God wants to change us fully from the inside out. And the more that we can be before the Holy Spirit and say, Spirit, I need healing here. This is the place that hurts. This is the place that's broken. This is the place that's struggling to forgive. See, when we open our hearts to the Spirit, even to the parts that are difficult, that's when the healing begins. God is committed to you and I each and every day. Witness of that is the Holy Spirit in our life. He's doing a work. Will you let him bring full healing in your life? Will you invite him to minister to you in only the way that he can? How do I know God can use me? Because God is not giving up on working on you and me. God wants to use us, and evidence of that is that he is continually working on us to making us more like him in his glory. Third thing that you can write down, how do I know that God can work through me because the pouring out of the Spirit upon us. The pouring out of the Spirit upon us. Not only do we we see in here the scripture that there's a renewal, there's a regeneration happening in our life because of the Spirit, God says he is pouring it out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. That word poured out there means generously. The Spirit of God is not given to us in measure, but the fullness of Spirit is reigning down on us. You think about that for a minute. Have you ever thought about the spirit of the living, almighty, holy God is residing within us through his Holy Spirit? I mean, have you ever taken a moment just to think about the magnitude of that? This infinite God, this all-powerful 
God that reigns over you and I is so close to us that he's within us through the power of his Holy Spirit. I mean, have you ever felt the power and presence of God in your life? Have you ever felt it so powerfully before that you were just in awe of what God was doing? I mean, have you ever felt that before? Raise your hand. I mean, have you ever felt the presence of God move so powerfully in your life that you can't do anything but be in awe and worship? You know why that happens? It's because God is pouring his spirit upon us. The living God, the almighty God, the redeemer, the healer is living with us and he's pouring his spirit upon us. I I was thinking about this the other day, what that looks like. I remember a couple years ago coming down and my kids were playing and they had one of those pretend tea sets, you know? And there's, in that pretend tea set, there's like this little saucer cup that's maybe the size of a quarter. And I can remember one of the kids had a gallon of milk and they're trying to pour it in this little quarter size saucer. They got milk in the saucer, but they also got milk everywhere else. It was overflowing. It was pouring out everywhere. There wasn't a dry space on the table they were trying to put that milk in because it was a small saucer with a big gallon of milk just pouring and overflowing it. I kind of imagine in my mind that's what it looks like when God pours down his spirit upon us. We're just this small vessel. We have this limited understanding. We have this limited ability. And the all-powerful God is pouring his spirit upon us. Scripture says that the same power that raised Jesus from the grave lives within us. That's the power. And he's pouring it over us. What's the point of this? What's this have to do with God working through me? You see, is when we walk in obedience to the Lord, he pours out his spirit in our life so it touches everything and everyone who comes in contact with. The spirit of God is pouring through us. It's working through us in such a way that when, when we walk in obedience, the spirit overflows out of us. This is why I believe Jesus said in John chapter seven, verse 38, whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living Water. The Spirit of God is working in us in such a way it's overflowing into our lives that when we walk into obedience that rivers of living water are pouring out of us. That means that those who are thirsty and hungry to know the truth of Jesus, if we are walking in obedience, it should be pouring out of us. You know, there's a lot of thought in scholars that when Jesus said this statement, that he gave this visual aid to his disciples. And it's this place in Israel called En Gedi. And it's right on the outside of the Dead Sea, one of the most desolate places in all the earth. I mean, you have the Dead Sea, I've got a picture of it here, if you can show that first picture. This is, this is a picture right outside of En Gedi, and it, it is a desolate, dry place. You have the Dead Sea in the background, that right uh, in between the mountain and that desert right there is the Dead Sea. And, it is so desolate that not even bacteria can survive in the Dead Sea. I mean, water is, to say it is a scarcity is an understatement. I mean, if you're in that land and and you don't find a source of living water, you will die. But here's the beautiful thing. When Jesus was saying, waters of living life will flow out of you, this is what he meant. Can you go show the next picture? This is the waterfall that is just a couple hundred feet from that space. 
And it's thought that Jesus would have referenced this to his disciples in this desolate place where there is absolutely no life, where there's no chance of hope. There flows living water. It's this idea for you and me, friends, that when we walk in obedience to what the Lord has for us, that rivers of living water will flow out of us into the desert, the difficult, the hard places and that we can minister to people who are thirsty and hungry for the living water of God. See, God's pouring his spirit upon us. As we walk into obedience, the spirit is overflowing out of our life. I believe that God can and will work through you if we walk in obedience. Fourth thing that you could write down this morning, God has qualified us for his work. God has qualified us for his work. Scripture says, so that being justified by his grace. Another word for justified here is he has qualified you. For what? For his work as a child of God, as an ambassador of Christ, a chosen people. How? By the sacrifice of Christ that makes us pure in the sight of God. It's only through the blood of Jesus. It's only through the sacrifice of Jesus that we can be qualified to enter into eternity, that we can be justified to be considered righteous where this beautiful exchange could happen where Jesus would take my unrighteousness and he would give to me his righteousness. We are qualified because of what he did. You know, in a... Just a few short months, the Summer Olympics are gonna happen. And right now, all over the world, there are athletes trying to qualify to earn a spot to participate in the Summer Olympics. And they're competing, and they're trying to earn a spot. And how how do you qualify? It's competing. You have to jump or run or swim or bike or other things to qualify to compete. And, And they are resting solely on their abilities to have a spot to participate and to to compete at the highest level. Many of them won't make it because their abilities are not good enough. But those who do, they will have earned it by their abilities. You know, many people all around the world are living the same mindset trying to get into heaven. They're trying to do whatever they can in and of their own ability to earn a spot in heaven. Many of us are are living our life and and trying to use our abilities, our qualities, what we know, what we've experienced to even serve God. But here the scripture says that there's nothing we can do. It's not based off our ability. It's not based off what we have achieved. It's only by the blood of Jesus that we are justified. It's only by the blood. Let me help us this morning. We are only qualified for heaven through Jesus. You and I are only qualified to do ministry when he has called us to do because of what he has done. You know, if you were to ask me today if I feel qualified for ministry, if I feel qualified to be a pastor or a teacher, I've been doing ministry for almost 20 years. I spent a lot of time in school, and if you were to ask me after my experience, my education, my time in the ministry, do you feel qualified for ministry? My answer is still no. (laughs) And I'm not sure that I can have enough education, enough experience to ever feel qualified to do what God has called me to do. 
Can I tell you the only thing that qualifies me to do anything that God has called me? It's knowing Jesus. That's the only thing that qualifies me to do what God has called me. So many of us are living our life thinking, well, I, I feel like I have enough experience, I have enough knowledge, I, I, I can do these things for God. But I believe that God is not asking us to step out to where we feel like we are comfortable. I believe God is calling us to step out to where he is calling us. Many of you guys are gonna walk out here into our atrium. We're gonna have a special time. You're gonna get to visit over 22 different ministries you can be involved here at Anastasia with. And many of you are gonna go out here in the mindset, just like I have in my past, and saying, what ministries am I qualified to do? <laughs> can I just stop you there? Ask this question. God, where are you calling me to serve? Where are you calling me? Where are you leading me? And wherever he leads you, Know that he is gonna qualify you. He's gonna give the abilities. He's gonna give you the wisdom. He's gonna give you the understanding to do that ministry that he has called you to do. I wanna go back to our question. This morning, can God work through me? I think scripture tells us no matter who you are, no matter what your story is, no matter what your past is, if you are in Christ Jesus, God can use you for his glory. I have a saying that I like to tell people, the two best yeses that you can give in your life is the first yes is to following Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And the second best yes you can give is saying yes to serve him in any way that he asks you to. Those are the two best yeses you can give in your life. My prayer this morning is that you wouldn't leave. You wouldn't leave this place without giving God those two yeses. One, to following me as your Lord and Savior. And two, to saying, yes, God, use me wherever you want. Because it's not based off my abilities. It's not based on what I've accomplished. It's not based on what I understand and know. It's based off what you did on the cross. And what you did on the cross is far greater than any past hurt, brokenness that I may be dealing with. You are greater, Lord. And so as we have a time of invitation, before you step foot out there, I want you to consider to yourself, why have I given a yes to following Jesus as my Lord and Savior? And two, have I said yes to serving him? And if the answer is no to either one of those questions, my prayer is today, you wouldn't leave this space, this room, without giving full surrender a yes to both of those. So right now, with every eye closed and every head bowed, is take a moment just to consider right where you're at. Have I given God my yes? And if not, better day than today than to give him your word. Father, we love you so much. God, we thank you for this moment in time where we get to worship you. Father, what a privilege it is to be used by you for your glory, for your kingdom. God, you have qualified us. You have justified us so that we might be used by you, Lord Jesus. 
And God, for so many in here wrestling with the question, God, can you use me? God, I pray that you would reveal through the power of your spirit, God, that you can, that you desire to, and that your cross, your death on the cross shows and reveals that it is finished. You gave fully so that we might live for your glory. Lord, as we have a time of invitation this morning, let us respond as you're leading. God, we love you, and we pray all this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let's stand. Let's worship. If God's leading you, there's going to be some decision counselors as well as myself here. We would love to pray for you. You come this morning.
church, say yes to Jesus. Whatever he's calling you to do, he's faithful. He will provide. Lord Jesus, go with us as we go from this place on this super Sunday, God. It's been super because we've been in your presence. Thank you for what you've done in this place. And thank you for this word from Pastor Sam and all God's people said, amen. God bless you, church. Have a great one.